Hey guys, welcome back to Floral Couch Conversations. I'm Emily. And I'm Alyssa. And today we have a special guest. We have our friend Krista. Hi. <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Yes, we're, we are very excited. I'm excited <laughs> to yes, be here. Yeah. Awesome. So Alyssa, how's your week been? It was good today. I went and got coffee with a friend that I used to work with. And it was funny because we worked together at one place and then we both went into public accounting. So we were kind of like reminiscing of public accounting days and just like how awful it was because I mean, it's so many hours and you're just like, whatever. And so we were like complaining about it, but we were at a coffee shop by Emily and I's old college, St. Thomas. And the girl next to us that was like clearly like studying college student was like, did you guys say you work in public accounting? And we're like, yeah, we used to. She's like, oh, I'm studying for my CPA right now. I just signed a four-year contract for public accounting. And I was like, oh, wow. We've just been bashing it. She's listening to us tell all these horror stories about how much we hated it. And she just signed a four-year contract because they're paying for her to go to grad school, which is very cool. They never did that, like offered that when I was working there. But I was like, oh, how can we backtrack? Because she literally just signed on the dotted line. Like, there's no going back from this. And I was like... How many years did you work in public accounting? Was it um, almost four? Or no, maybe two? It was like two and a half plus like an intern, three-month internship. Do you think they're doing that now because they realize that no one wants to work in public accounting? I was wondering so they have to that. bribe people? Yes, because they can't keep... Like, their hardest people to keep are like seniors, which is like your third and fourth year people. So it like makes a lot of sense. And it's like a good way to convince people to stay, but also like so many people jump ship in the first two years because it is so many hours that I was shocked. I was like, I don't, I cannot imagine signing a four-year contract. I don't know. I was like, oh yeah, it wasn't that bad. I liked it. I made a lot of good friends trying to like backtrack all the bad things she heard us saying. Four years right out of college too, I feel like that's the most scary years in your life because there's so many possibilities and you don't know if you're going to want to be there in like two years and then you're just stuck. Yeah. I wonder what the consequences would be for breaking the contract. Because they're paying for a grad school. So yeah. I'm assuming she'd have to pay that back. Yikes. Which I just was like, oh my gosh. Well, I hope it works out. Maybe you'll love it and be a partner one day. That's but true. Some people do yeah, love it. It's it's true, but I did not. So well. <laughs> how are your guys' this weekends? Mine was good. I stayed up until four in the morning on saturday party rocking party rocking in up north minnesota because my husband was on a basketball team his senior year of high school and they won the state championship and it's like small town northern minnesota so this was a really big deal i think they they'd won other state championships but not for a long time and when i was a freshman actually krista and i went to high school together so when we were freshmen in high school our high school basketball team went to the state tournament and it was a really big deal that's right um my brother was on the team and so it is a big deal but 10 years later they're still celebrating (laughs) so it was the 10 year anniversary when they won the state championship so they plan to honor the team at the varsity basketball game on friday night so i was mentally preparing for months for this because i knew it was going to be like all the guys back together they were planning a big party afterwards and not only did they win the state championship but when they were 
starting to like, okay, we might go to the championship. They started someone on the team's dad or someone they knew was like really good at filming documentaries. So they started filming a documentary about their team going to the state championship. And it's like very legit. Like it's really well done. They interview all the players and all the coaches and they have like inspirational music playing as they like show the different games and they have the announcers like announcing them as they're scoring and they're it's just like really funny to see all of them yeah. it's like because they're all still friends so we went to the game they honored them in, in the beginning they had all the players line up and they announced them as they walked out they had a special program that had like a little summary of what they're doing <laughs> with their life now and it was like a picture of them from back when they won the state championship and then it said where are they now and then it opened up and the program had like all the things of where everyone is now do you have the program no i don't i should have kept it i I took a picture of okay i might need to see that but (laughs) so they're all just like standing out there and i was taking photos like oh these local celebs here they are (laughs) and the stands were full like it was the place to be in 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 the town for this friday (laughs) night and then after the game they were signed autographs which i've never seen they had the regular varsity basketball team lineups so like the high schoolers line up on one side, like sitting at like a table and had people line up with pictures of them so they could sign. And then they had the team from 10 years ago on the other side lined up <laughs> and there were lines down the entire gym for people to what, sign autographs. Was it like little like elementary school players that are like, oh, look at these cool kids. Or was it like it was el- it was a mix. It was okay. elementary school it was families thinking it was funny. Okay. It was wives and fiancés okay. and girlfriends. Okay. Like, I definitely got a few copies of the pictures <laughs> and took pictures and made fun of them and laughed. Um, but there were, like, little kids, like, sitting on the table being like, sign my shirt. Aww. And That's just, cute. Yeah. yeah. And so I was making fun of them because I was like, the little kids are going to be like, do you remember Scow or do you remember, like... The player's like, he's an accountant now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to be him when I grow up. <laughs> it's really funny. And then they, we had a party afterwards in um, one of the guys who still lives in town's house. And it was just really cool because they're all still friend, good friends and like just came together and to celebrate their ten, win 10 years ago and hang out. We went to the VFW in town. There was <laughs> of course. karaoke going on. Um, Did you sing karaoke? No, I didn't. But there was like, it was scheduled out. Like there were people in there to sing. And then I was warned that at three in the morning, after everything died down, they were going to want to watch that documentary. Oh, gosh. <laughs> which I've already seen several times. And... I have to say it's really good. It's really entertaining. I've You've ma- seen it, Alyssa. No, I haven't. So I know that it comes out at like house parties because they're obsessed with it. And I have managed to avoid seeing it. I don't know how, but I'm not like dying to watch a high school documentary <laughs> about basketball. But somehow I've avoided it. But I know that it sometimes get pu- gets pulled out after a few drinks. <laughs> so... It happened. My, the promise was held <laughs> and it was like 3.30 in the morning and they pulled it out They sh- it, and it's like two hours long or something oh and so I didn't make it through the whole thing. I went to bed but I was like on the bridge of a mental breakdown because that's the latest I've stayed up in <laughs> probably years. 
but we made it through and it was good it was a good time you survived it yeah I survived <laughs> sounds like an entertaining weekend <laughs> yeah. it was fun how about you Krista? how was your week uh, my week was pretty good i worked i had a set day on Friday, which basically means that I just sat there and waited for people to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, for a liquor company, so you have to be over 25, and I qualify for that. And um, you can't like actually show that you're drinking the alcohol. It's against the law, so just a lot of really strange lifting up the glass and setting it back down. And it was at a little, it was at like a bar uh, downtown uh, by the like the La Meridian. And oh, yeah. yeah, and so every year my brother and I always watch the Pride Parade at the rooftop, but this was my first time in the actual restaurant. And so it was kind of neat. I was like, oh, I'll have to like come back here and enjoy the restaurant part before I like go upstairs and watch the parade and all that. Uh, so it was really cool and it snowed a lot. So driving home was like really tough from 394 to like out where I live. So I just sat on the exit ramps until other cars moved i went to trader joe's that's always really fun love trader joe's (laughs) that is like a highlight (laughs) it really is it really is trader joe's is my favorite store oh absolutely i refuse to go anywhere else absolutely yeah i'm like a regular at my trader joe's like everybody knows who i am they like open up lanes for me they're like oh you're you're here come on like i'll I'll bring you up real quick you don't have to wait in line it's great Since I've moved, there's not like a super conveniently located Trader Joe's, so I don't go as frequently. But then when I go, I'm like, why don't I just drive a little further every time? Because everyone is so happy to see you at Trader Joe's. Yeah, <laughs> that's just it. Like, I don't live near one either. There's one by where I work and then one right off the freeway. And so those are the two because they're just convenient for me. And so I, I went there making fried rice tonight. So I got like the sesame oil I need. So I'm really excited for that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I actually went to a different one that I normally go to. And I was like super turned around because everyone is a little bit different and I couldn't yeah. find what I was looking for. And someone working there was like, can I help you find something? I'm like, oh, I, I just found it. Like, this yeah. isn't my normal Trader Joe's. Right. And then they're like, oh, which one do you normally go to? And I was like, the Minnetonka one. And then there was another worker nearby and they were both like, oh, that one has the biggest break room. And, <laughs> and then like that sparked a conversation with them about all the different Trader Joe's different and how they're locations. different. Okay. Yeah. I love that you're like defensive too. Like, no, I know Trader Joe's. It just isn't my normal yeah. one. Like, like, I'm not I'm new not, here. I'm not a newbie. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's like, this isn't my neighborhood one. Because I had, um, I always go to the one in Edinex that's close to mm-hmm. where I, I work. And so I live closer to the Minnetonka one. And so I had, I hadn't worked for a while. And so like, I went back to the one in Edinex and they're like, where have you been? <laughs> are that. you avoiding us and I was like no I gotta be honest with you guys like I'm closer to the other one and <laughs> it was just really sweet but they know me they know the type of wine I like they know yes. they know like what I'm looking for they're like oh it's you know we moved it it's over there now and I always get myself roses <laughs> when I go there they I love like it. the four dollar roses and I set them by my bedside table it's super sweet oh <laughs> that's a good idea yeah really treat is. yourself <laughs> yeah, exactly it's a, that's it's in the name of self-care I'm like you know what yeah <laughs> What are your must-have Trader Joe's products? Besides the flowers um, and the very good wine. Um, and I don't just get the two-buck chalk. I go, I try to find, like, their three or four dollar ones mm-hmm. that are, like, a little That's bit more. That's usually what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I like to give those out as gifts. And people think it's, like, the people that don't go to Trader Joe's, yep. rather, think it's, like, this really expensive, upscale wine. And it's, like, you just totally rock it. You're like, oh, it's so exclusive. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I like, they have, like, this orange chicken. 
that oh, we really yep. like. Mm-hmm. I like their rices. It's like quick. My family eats a lot of rice. My husband's African, so that's just something that we just we always have rice in our household. So I get like their um, like microwavable rice, and I also like their cinnamon rolls. Oh, like if I don't get the cinnamon rolls, it's like my family's like, why did you even go there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, good like shampoo. I like their shampoo and conditioner. Ooh, I'm gonna try their shampoo. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah. I have to. It's really good. It's like tea tree in it, so it like it like opens up your scalp and cleans it off and oh. all that. Yeah. Definitely, t- Trader Joe's favorite is everything but the bagel seasoning. I put that oh. on, on pretty much oh, everything. Okay. I'll so, have to get that next time. Yeah, I see it every it. time I go there. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to be millennial stereotype, but it's really good on avocado toast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why millennials are broke, don't you know? <laughs> they buy expensive avocado toast. Yeah, that's why we're poor. Because yeah. we get fruit and bread. Yeah. <laughs> or vegetable, whatever an avocado is. I think it's a fruit. It's a seed. So yeah. technically. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so backing up a little bit, we have Krista here. And we already talked about how the two of us went to high school together. But Krista, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like where you're from, a little bit about your background and how you spend your days today. Yeah, so my family, let's see, I was actually born in the state of Montana. Oh my gosh. Did you guys know this? I didn't know that. (laughs) My dad is from Montana and all my family lives there. Yeah. Okay, I was born in Missoula. Okay, my aunt lives there. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) my dad's job, uh, where did he work then? I think it was Pepsi and Miller. So from Milwaukee, my mom was pregnant with me. My mom, my dad, and my brother all moved to Montana. That's where I was born. And then, like, two years later, they're like, okay, we're going to move back to the Midwest, and they moved to Illinois. And a town called Gurney, it's where Six Flags is, Gurney yep. Mills, yep. northern Chicago, or, like, Chicago area. Mm-hmm. It's a very controversial conversation. I'm not getting into okay. it today. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we were there for, like, 10 or 11 years, and then my dad got a job through Target Corporation, mm-hmm. so then we moved here. And we've been here for, like, 15 years. And so... I decided to stay here to like raise my family because I like I wanted to be close to family. Um, my husband's family they're in New York City right now, so it was like New York City or you know Chanhassen. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, Chanhassen, better place to like raise a family or whatever. And he agreed. And so uh, we've been here ever since. And we have a little boy. His name is Yale, Y E L E. Oh, love that. Yeah. yeah, he's six. Uh, and he goes to kindergarten, which that's been the toughest transition for me right now is the elementary school from daycare to elementary transition, mm-hmm. like dealing with how that works. Because the daycare, you know, every conversation your kid has, you know, everything they eat, you know, everything they play because the teacher, you communicate with the teacher every day. You see that woman, you're talking to her, you're seeing the kids. Elementary school is very different. And trying to get a six, a five-year-old, so when he first started, he was five, trying to get a five-year-old to tell you about their day, like what you <laughs> did, is impossible. Absolutely impossible. So after talking with the teacher and communicating with her a little bit, she's like, well, ask about specific things like learning stations, morning meeting and things. So now he's like open to telling me. But it was a, it was a tough transition. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, I feel like my coworkers always talk about elementary because they all have elementary school aged kids, and I didn't realize like how political it is. Like 
and I don't know if your son plays any, like, is it in any activities or anything, but they're always talking about, like, oh, yeah, this parent, like, doesn't want the kid on the team, and I'm like, they're, like, six. Why is this even talking of, like, yeah. why is this a thing? Is it, have you noticed that at all, or is it too early, thankfully? To- no, we're noticing it. <laughs> I mean, he, he did basketball at Hopkins, and it wasn't too bad, um, I didn't notice anything because they're like really young. It's like herding cats. You just watch. Right. The, you just watch the coaches struggle to get them to listen. It's <laughs> <Right>. hilarious. <laughs> but um, we're in the Minnetonka district, so like the parents are always like willing to go there. I guess they're like go to the administration or, or not the administration, but the school officials or school leadership yep. and things. And like I'm intense. Like I will absolutely ask for the manager. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will absolutely try. You know. And so I always have to like filter through Sam. I'm like, okay. I have to confide something in you. Let me explain the situation. And I'm like, should I go to the principal? He's like, no, you don't have to go to the principal. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize that until, yeah, people started talking about it, that it's intense out there for elementary school kids. It is. It (laughs) absolutely is. And so they have, like, a lot of discussions around mental health and, like, Mm -hmm. they bring in speakers and workshops and things to help kids, like, figure that out I think with kindergarten first grade they're still really young it's I feel like it's the kids that are on social media Mm. and the ways that they get on social media so they might not have a phone but they have access to their parents phone and like it's usually like third grade I feel that the kids start getting onto like Instagram and it was um like I was on set like two or three years ago with my ethnically ambiguous family and so like we were all just like various shades of brown and so (laughs) and it's for check check cereal and the kids were like on Instagram and like showing us what they're doing and like I don't know not a lot of parents their age their parents age are on Instagram it's like a cesspool of just like a lot of information and inappropriate content and like what are you doing on Instagram like Instagram like what are you doing but they follow other kid influencers quote unquote on these platforms and the more time kids spend on social media the more their mental stability is uh, at risk yeah, like link to. Yeah, it's a direct link. So I'm hoping over time in the next, what's my kid, like two or three years that they put some form of age restriction on it or do some form of restricting it so that kids aren't subject to that kind of like, you know. Yeah, although, so Facebook, I think, has a restriction for age, but you just have to like check a box. So yeah. I got a friend request from my nine-year-old cousin recently, and I was like, okay I like kind of like tattled and I was like do your parents know that this is happening because and then I looked at his profile and he put his mom's phone number in the bio which I think is so funny (laughs) because he doesn't know any better he's just like filling out the profile but I was like oh this is why you shouldn't be this is like dangerous this is why you shouldn't be on social media at your age do you guys have set rules that you've already put in place to kind of like this is when he'll get a cell phone this is when to get to do this yeah yes and no I mean we're pretty we're more or less on the old school side of things so just mm-hmm. because everybody else is doing it doesn't right. mean we're gonna hop on the bandwagon I would absolutely say no social media period <laughs> like, yeah you don't need it at all it's a horrible place to be <laughs> but as far like my parents were like they spoil him to death they're like I think it's time that like you consider getting him a cell phone like he's six who does he need to call yeah like when am I not there with him you know what I mean yeah but I think by like middle school when they start being out with friends and they start doing those things you you absolutely need them to be connected to so you know third grade is just absolutely too early for me in my opinion um just recently though though this Momo challenge that whole thing happened yeah I still don't know 
the whole backstory of it. Wait, what is that? <laughs> so I didn't hear about it except for my coworker who has elementary school age kids was telling me about it. It's like basically, it's like religious suicide, right? Pretty much. She's I. She's like Slenderman's wife. Apparently, no. Okay, not oh, that. But like, that? no. I mean, it's the same concept where okay. it's like this creepy figure that would tell kids to like do bad things over like kid videos on YouTube Kids. And oh, maybe I did hear about this. Okay. And then it came out that it was like a hoax and it wasn't real. And then I just read an article this morning uh, through the Daily Mail that like the creator was like, this just went too far. And he's like, I like the exposure, but not the bad press. And so like it is a real thing, but I don't know if it's like if she's actually like in these videos. But my kid, he would watch things on YouTube. Like we would just like here, watch whatever. Um, what was it called? Peppa Pig or oh. Om Nom or whatever <laughs> on YouTube. And so Sam was very like apprehensive to having him on there. And so we kind of hit a crossword where it was like, well, I feel like it's almost too late to pull, pull up from YouTube. And then this mobile challenge happened. So I was like, perfect. So I pull him aside. I say, okay, hey, buddy, um, there's something going on. You know the videos that you, that you watch on Mommy's Phone? Okay. You can't do that anymore. And how I explained it to him, I said, there are people that are going, you know, there's bad people, and they're getting into the videos, and they're putting things in the videos. And it's very scary, and it's to a point where mommies and daddies, we can't tell what videos has it or which ones don't. So until we figure out more, we just can't let you watch the videos on our phone. And he understood it. And then, um, you know, his dad, like three days later, like, you know, gets the news a couple of days late, and he's like, Yale, what do you know about the Momo challenge? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> and so, I mean, he was really poignant. He's very straight to the very direct man. So he's like, if you see or hear anything about it, come get us right away. Like, don't click on it. Yeah. Don't entertain it. We just need to know that you see it. And still don't know if it's real or not, but we got our kid off YouTube. He's not watching it anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, parenting win. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome that he was, like, understood. It's hard enough to raise a child, and now there's so many more things that you need yeah. to worry about. And, you like, you have to worry about it for yourself, like, being on social media. Like, how is this affecting my mental health? Like, mm -hmm. how is this affecting me? And then now, yeah, you just have to, when you're raising a child, you're always worrying about them. But, but there's just so like, many other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so many codes and ways that people get around things and, like, you know, you think you're cool and hip because you're, you know, millennial. But then, like, you just you just don't know everything. And these younger kids are just really savvy. I mean, the way that they make some of these memes, I'm like, you guys like need full time jobs. If this is if this is your artistic talent on making a meme for Instagram, right. like, you absolutely need to be like doing more for the world, right? <laughs> and not Instagram, yeah. you know? Yeah. At the same time, though, like, I feel like social media takes up so much brain power that it's getting in the way of actual learning like my mom is an elementary school teacher and she's so frustrated because kids are so much farther behind than they used to be mm. and it's and it's partially she was saying partially it's because she'll give out assignments or teachers will give out assignments and the parents are like this is too much work and like they can't figure it out and so they're like don't want to help their kids figure it out yeah. and their kids are like supposed to be writing fourth grade supposed to be writing like, research projects mm -hmm. and they're like can't even write a sentence yeah and so it's just like sad because that was tough like or that was just strange for me when I heard that they were trying to like when parents complain about homework I'm like literally school is their job right absolutely school should absolutely be first mm -hmm. period I give my kid worksheets all the time 
when I am sick and tired of hearing the same episode of the same show throughout the day when there's a snow day. Make sure he hates being home on snow days. I'm like, you can't watch TV until two o'clock. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, just because as they get older, you know, then the, the expectation is you have to write long form. You have to write long sentences, research papers and things. Because I just don't want him to fall behind like that. But because I, I, I saw that again, it was a snow day and I love to like go to the parent forums on Facebook and watch people complain. And a teacher did that so the kids didn't fall behind she sent a homework packet like through the email and parents are really upset i'm like they're home all day make them do the work like it's not like you can go anywhere you're snowed in <laughs> yeah i feel like parents complain about having to have their kids home when it's a snow day they're like yeah. oh, i gotta figure it out it's like well the teacher gave them something to do so exactly. yeah have the have them do the work that the teacher did mm-hmm. because that's what's expected of them yeah Okay, well, moving into more millennial mom conversation. Being a millennial mom, like, what does that mean to you? Does it mean anything different? Do you feel like you... Because there's some, like, stereotypes out there, I feel like, about millennial parents or millennials in general. (laughs) So do you pay attention to those? And do you think you fit them or don't fit them? Um, well, I don't like avocado toast, so I don't fit okay. into that. Oh. But, I mean, that was just Are you like, even a millennial? I know. Yeah. Can I even <laughs> call myself that? It's strange because Sam is Nigerian, so... His parenting is very like old school, very conservative. So like we kind of don't fit into some of those categories because we're very strict with our kid. And that's just how it is in our household. Mm-hmm. And and it's like good. Like we get a lot of compliments about him. Like, oh, he's so well behaved. Like, yeah, I know. Cause we have to like work at it. Give yourself a pat in the back. Right. Like, doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And so some points on the board. And so as far as like, I, you know, I, my age, I classify as a millennial. We were parents really young, so we just kind of like embraced it. And I don't know, you know, I don't have him on, like he doesn't have his own social media. Some parents like manage their kids' social media accounts. Mm -hmm. Like here's my kid influencer opening toys. Like that's just not something that I was interested in managing. I'd rather make him do homework than like set up a a set for him to do a YouTube channel. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's just a very, you know, very cool kid just like a regular kid he I've taken him to a couple like um auditions and things and he's really lukewarm about that already like just being in front of a camera and having to like act something out it's just like he's really warm like lukewarm about it I don't know if he likes it or not so we don't um foresee him doing any YouTube channels anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah as far as like a millennial mom is concerned I think it's just being in a fortunate enough to know that how our parents were, how our grandparents were, you kind of have to take a piece from both generations, like the great generations, like post-depression era, very strict, very like, uh, you know, they had to conserve a lot of money because it was Mm -hmm. just like out of the depression. And then, you know, baby boomers just being like fun loving and like Mm -hmm. eat all the candy and do whatever you want, (laughs) you know, free ring parenting. I think there needs to be like a, um, like a middle ground. And I think millennials, we have that capacity because for me specifically, I saw like how my grandparents were with my parents and how my parents were with us. And I'm like, okay, we can take something from each or each, you know, each parenting tactic. I feel like there's two different, like when people talk about millennial, they lump it all into one big group and they're like, oh, millennials. But I feel like the three of us are on the younger side of millennials. Mm -hmm. And then there's like an older half of millennials. And I think 
we are kind of learning from their mistakes, like the mm-hmm. older millennials. And we're seeing like kids are struggling with mental health issues and they're letting their kids do things they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of watching that and reading the statistics and the articles and learning from it and doing things a little bit differently because of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And like having different conversations with yeah. your kids. Like my parents are very much like kids are just kids until they're not. And it's like, that's true. But kids zero ages zero to five operate on genius level frequencies because their brains are forming. So that's like, the best time to spark like intellectual conversations with your three-year-old and not three-year-olds because they're they're terrible but (laughs) their four-year-old or like having them understand themselves and having like self-awareness of their emotional intelligence like my son would get really emotional at basketball practice like I remember he got mad because I couldn't high five him and he ran over to his dad like he ran over to Sam like punched him (laughs) like like, out of frustration like that was just how he wanted to let it out and so you know Sam's like oh he's a boy that's just like what he's gonna do and so he had talked to him later and how to not do that not make that your first reaction and he completely understood it um and he talks himself through things too sometimes he's like okay i'm gonna take a deep breath first (laughs) yeah before reacting so i just think it's funny that before we started recording we were talking about how your life is all about the kid and no one even like you said your mom will be like hey where's my grandson and not even ask how you're doing and we've literally only talked about your son yeah (laughs) i mean like i have this like this is like third on my list of questions yeah yeah let's go to talking about krista okay so (laughs) so you mentioned a couple times being on set and doing some different jobs so tell us about different modeling and acting jobs and how you got into that um is it something you always wanted to do or just fall in your lap um more or less i kind of always had a passion for it i did there was like this teen fashion board at the mall of america and they did like prom and back to school fashion shows and tv spots like on um care 11 and twin cities live and so i did that and then i got to high school and it was just kind of one of these things where it was like the weekends were you know either you do your volleyball tournament or you do this fashion show and i wanted to be more like a high school kid so it just stopped and again you know my mother wasn't going to like manage a career she was by no means any anywhere near chris jenner so it was like <laughs> you know she wasn't going to juggle that so i just kind of stopped doing it and then um you know, after college, after I had my son, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> and so I met a woman that I know who modeled and she's like, you absolutely have to do what I, what I do. And she introduced me to her agency. And so from there, it just, you know, it just, um, it started from there. I got my first gig through Nike and it was, this was the strangest one. It was, um, shadow modeling or light modeling. Oh, okay. And so what that is, and so this was for Nike Air Jordan campaign and I had to stand in and test the lighting for the Minnesota Lynx player, oh. um, Maya Moore, at the time. And and basically it just saves her time. So I would I was there, it was two days, I think it was there were two eight hour days. And I was there so that she wouldn't have to sit there and get the lighting right. But they would just get it like rehearsed. So it was like, you know, all these lighting things would be set up, they would write it all down and do the next shot. And I did it over and over again for a series of two days. And it was really cool. I was like, okay, I think I can, I think I can get into this. Yeah, <laughs> that is really cool. And something yeah. you don't think about that's, yeah. ne- like that's needed in for jobs like that. Yeah, yeah. 
And so that was my first gig. I can't remember what I did that, but I had a really lucrative summer where it was like every couple of weeks I was booking something. Or oh, every wow. couple of weeks I had like an audition or or something that's called a go see where you like the client, you just go and see the client and they just look at you to see if that's what you want mm-hmm. or if that's what they want. And then I got into more agencies and so another agency was like oh you have really beautiful hands you should hand model so then <laughs> the next summer it was just like mostly just hands like I just I booked Target and Walmart and checks General Mills like big clients with just my hands oh my gosh I'm gonna <laughs> keep, keep my eye out so yeah right and so like they had a really good year <laughs> um and so yeah every it just kept growing and I kept getting more work and building my resume and I took a couple like on air or on camera commercial acting technique classes and yeah I like it I still enjoy it so do you ever turn down gigs or I guess what do you I don't, what do you call them probably not gigs yeah, you call jobs. Them gigs jobs, jobs. Gig. yeah um it depends sometimes it's usually like my schedule like if I'm out like of a town. timing conflict. yeah it's a timing conflict um, right now, I, like now I'm like prideful. So it's like a money thing. Like, oh, yeah. that's not really a lot. Or like, oh, that doesn't just seem like something I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it must be worth your time. Right. Like my first year, I was like, yes, anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did like a lot of freelancing, like some... Uh, Minneapolis is a really interesting market for this kind of stuff because there's so many companies here um, that are headquartered here. So they just, um, you know, instead of going to New York or LA, it's just cheaper to do it here mm-hmm. um a lot of companies come here because of that the um the film industry is really really cool here if you ever have a chance to go to the twin cities film festival i'd suggest it oh because i did i did two films one summer um and one i was just like a neighbor like my name i have like imdb credits for it <laughs> that's so cool, <laughs> that's cool. yeah which it's funny because like when you tell other actors or other like models or people uh on set it, it means absolutely nothing like everybody can get an imdb credit but like for me i was like yay wig <laughs> like, google me i'm on imdb <laughs> right i still haven't set up my page so don't google me but <laughs> yeah and so um a two films and so we saw one it's called black and it's it was done after the philando castile shooting and so that was where the inspiration came from it and so i was like the one of the lawyer's secretaries named nicole (laughs) and i had like two lines and i we actually got to go see it at the west end theater cool and it was yeah like it was like the coolest thing to see mm-hmm. you know yourself on the big screen but then like I wore, I wore like a pencil skirt because I was like a secretary and my butt looked so big and the <laughs> wide screen I was like oh my god <laughs> really 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 we re- should have reconsidered that uh, that skirt <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool to be like even if you only had two lines to be yeah. part of something like that big yeah because yeah yeah that's big that was, story to tell that was gonna be my next question you kind of touched on like what it's like doing that in the Twin Cities or in in Minnesota versus like New York or LA have you had to travel to any of those places for any jobs that you've done or no do you think that you would do that in the future like if I ever got the blessing for a client to fly me somewhere Mm -hmm. I absolutely absolutely would yeah (laughs) free trip to right to New York or LA like for sure but um I haven't a lot of Minnesota talent does uh what they call what's it called uh pilot week in LA and it's just basically because the movie and television industry is so big in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. that it's basically just a week of pilots and so a lot of Minnesota talent go and they get 
experience they meet people they connect so it's really good but because like that whole parenting thing I just can't take a week and just do that so (laughs) I haven't done that yet um and nor do I really feel like it (laughs) Um, one of my cousins he's an actor in um Chicago okay and so he's like well Chicago has their own pilot week so Mm -hmm. it's like if you ever wanted to you know crash on my couch and do it like totally totally worth it and um I mean his career is like kind of shot up much better than mine he got us <laughs> he got us I'm gonna brag about him for a little bit yeah <laughs> have you heard of, would we recognize him from anything or he got a small role or not a small role like a role on Empire oh um I think it was like season three or something and um he was like a security guard he was like Vivica A. Fox's security guard that is so cool yeah so he had to like he had to like interact with like the staff you know Terrence Howard and Taraji I was like so cool yeah <laughs> yeah so that was like really cool for the family and like our grandparents were like watching empire and we we're just like oh god <laughs> mixed feels about that right right and like his parents are like my uncle's a deacon and the white and my aunt is like the deaconess so like they're like super churchy people yeah and um they were like i don't know how i feel about this show because <laughs> they watched it like he was in the last two episodes i think of the season so they watched the whole season you guys <laughs> and like the premise of like cookie line like being in prison and like getting out and like they talk about drugs and sex and all of this and i'm just like oh my god <laughs> you're like welcome to the world right the things people do for their kids mm-hmm. so yeah. But anyway, the um, the industry here is pretty lucrative for commercial work. The movie stuff is like really big. It's a big community. I just got a taste of it, but a lot of people I know um, do really well through it. Um, the product, like the smaller production companies, they will um, they will submit their work to bigger film festivals like Sundance or Cannes mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever they can get into. So cool. Yeah. Is it like competitive? Obviously, I would guess it is, but I feel like all I know about modeling is like what I see on TV and it shows kind of a darker side of like competitiveness and like body image issues, etc. Like, have you seen any of that? Um, not that I've experienced personally. Okay. I feel like I roll with a crowd where we all understand that like there's enough work for everybody and like yeah. you might get canceled on something and it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I had a gig set up and then it was like they're gonna do an entirely new concept. They don't need models. So I was like, Okay, I'm just move down with my life. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like um like America's Next Top Model or whatever like fluffs that image yeah. a little bit. And that's like a different type of modeling too. Right. right. That I would like like I'm really tall but like also like a thick woman so like I I don't see myself in that high fashion world at all yeah <laughs> unless if I can find Ashley Graham's connections but <laughs> <laughs> until then no let's be on New Horizon yeah. and Target <laughs> what has what's been what have been some of your favorite jobs that you've done or some that have stood out to you or have you worked with any companies where you're like I would come back and I want to keep working for you well, Target's really good they usually have a good like snacks <laughs> it's all about the snacks. It's all about the snacks. Um, I did some Evine work, and that's a really fun company, the Home Shopping Network. I would absolutely go back to do more for Evine. Evine, Target. I would like to book a Best Buy. That's one I haven't oh, yeah. done yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big company here, and I haven't. Uh, so Best Buy, if you're listening. It is crazy <laughs> to think about how many, like, 
people are always like minnesota where's that yeah like, what yeah it's cold there but no we have a lot of big companies that are yeah. headquartered here right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely side note i used to love watching like hsn and qvc and i think Yvonne used to be shop nbc yeah it was and yeah. i we had a neighbor that lived behind us that worked for shop nbc yeah and I would always be like, oh, I would love to be on QVC. Like, it's my dream to be <laughs> yeah. a QVC host. I'd love. But obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> I remember in college one day, time we were watching QVC and the lady was like, it's just take a picture with your shoes and it take or take a selfie with your shoes call it a shelfie and we like thought that was the funniest thing ever (laughs) well we used to watch that stuff at like our grandparents house and we would like look at the jewelry and see like oh i would buy that (laughs) oh no i wouldn't buy that and it's funny like like now where like my life is like has has headed so kids watch home shopping network at grandma's house you You never know where your life will end up I just have memories of needing to do chores on the weekends. Like our parents would always make us go out and rake the leaves in the fall. And I would try to sneak back inside without anyone seeing me. So I could go in and watch. <laughs> like I would look up the schedules and like be like, oh, I'm, I need to watch this. Yeah. There was like one specifically one on HSN called Tony Pony. And it was like <laughs> little hair accessories. Yeah. So, like fake hair wigs that were like little like clip-on ponytails yeah. like make your hair look more like voluminous or whatever yeah. and for some reason i was obsessed <laughs> with that and i would always want to watch because the lady was just very captivating yeah yeah that's <laughs> a weird story about me so this is slightly unrelated but kind of related to being in front of the camera how do you invest in taking care of yourself like yeah taking care of your image it's big one <laughs> I like to taking care of your hands because I hand model and taking care of mm-hmm. my face and making sure my hair yeah. is like, like silky and soft or whatever and so I invest a lot of masks that's like my big thing the clay masks oh yeah and I used to have to like order them through Amazon but now you can go to like Whole Foods it's one of the more affordable things at Whole Foods <laughs> <laughs> um is those clay masks and so I do those once or twice depends on how bad my acne is see I really like pepperoni pizza but then the side effect is like really bad acne <laughs> so if I'm like gonna have pizza I always like have my mask just on hand to combat the acne I drink a lot of water and I know that's like cheesy, but that's like it's it's a big deal. That's the it big works. deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's the one. And then I eat um, like kale and collard and turnip greens, like just different variety of greens. I just mm-hmm. eat them all the time, and keeps my skin pretty clear. And then I like the paper masks, especially now because it's so dry outside. So then those are like super um, hydrating for your skin. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When you said you were a hand model, I was like, how in Minnesota? Like I was looking at how dry and gross my (laughs) hands are. I was like, that's impressive. Yeah. Lots of lotion. Yeah. Vaseline and put my gloves on right away so that my hands stay soft. Yeah. And I get like manicures every once in a while. I don't have one now because I haven't um, gotten a hand gig yet this year yeah (laughs) (laughs) the year is young (laughs) yeah the year is pretty young so the last time we talked we I feel like I remember we talked a lot about yoga because we both are into yoga do you still do a lot of yoga I still uh I feel like yoga is like a lifestyle you have to be disciplined and like find your inner self so you don't like lose your mind I try to do a lot at home like helps my back so like Mm -hmm. once everybody's gone it's like I just lay out my mat and just do some quick like what is it the chaturanga Mm -hmm. where you just do the whole sequence and then meditating it helps me sleep Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you have any places that you go to do yoga like any 
classes you like to take? Or is it mostly at home? Right now it's mostly at home, but there's Spirit of the Lake and Excelsior that I like to go oh, to. I've heard that's a good place. Yeah. yeah. There's so many yoga people on YouTube too. Like we used to do yoga with Adrian, Alyssa and I when we lived yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can find it. It's pretty good. So besides modeling, what else do you spend your time doing? Besides modeling and parenting, I like to cook. That's like my, that helps me like de-stress. Um, and I like to cook when nobody's home because I like to spread out. Yeah. And I don't want anybody like coming in the kitchen, like eating and just like seriously. Or looking over your shoulder. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> and so um, I love cooking. I like finding new recipes to try. Um, Sam is Nigerian, so like I've mastered a handful of those recipes over time. I've done, recently did some of my grandmother's recipes. So like my grandma's baked macaroni and cheese, um, Southern style greens. Those are like the last two big ones that I've made. And then I'm doing fried rice tonight because it's fun. Sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any favorite like food bloggers or anything that you follow? Or is it all like family recipes for the most part? Um, it's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I Right, right now, Chef Risha on Instagram. But I, go, I always go to her website if I want to okay. find a recipe. She's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always looking for new new inspiration. Yeah. That was like one of the criteria when I was looking for a house. I was like, I need counter space because yeah. I just feel like, yeah, it's something about like making a huge mess and like getting everything cooked and then I'll clean up. But yeah, yeah I just, yeah. yeah. You want the counter space. <laughs> <laughs> a blogger I've been following lately or like more closely following is Fit Foodie Finds. Okay. Have you heard of her? Mm-mm. She lives in Minneapolis, actually, so she's local. So oh, very nice. I like following her because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of healthy recipes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you also recently ran for city council. I did. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that. How did that even come about? So I've more or less been politically active through League of, my local League of Women Voters chapter. And so I did a lot of work with them at the local level with mayor forums and city council forums. And so I was like, I think I want to run for office. And I just needed to wait for the next election cycle. Mm-hmm. And there were seats available in the town I live in. So I just submitted my bid and ran. <laughs> did you do like a lot of campaigning? And Yeah, I did. It was strange. Like they had, let's see, I'm trying to remember how this worked. But there was like a group in town that got behind uh, handful of candidates and mm-hmm. so like the leftover candidates and myself we kind of formed our own little group yeah so we did a lot of campaigning together which was nice because then I didn't it was like it split half of my work then so then I only had to do like half of what I would have had to do yeah <laughs> and so I lost but I got about 20 percent of the vote which is pretty good for yeah somebody's first year it is yeah 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 I mean, I would call that a success. Yeah. yeah. What were the reactions from your friends and family when you told them you were running? Like, good reactions. My parents, like, first didn't believe me. Really? They're like, oh, you must be kidding. I was like, no, seriously. Because a lot of their friends live in the town. Yeah. So then, like, their friends were, like, telling them about it. And so, like, oh, you're, like, literally doing this. I was like, mm? <laughs> Yeah. And so then, like, I had a family member who, like, ran, had basically just did politics his whole life like reached out to me and was like so how's it going and like really intense like okay you need to have like a staff a manager I was like oh my god this is a lot (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah and then Sam was always really supportive of of whatever I want to do so he was like whatever you need you know that's awesome yeah what were so I like looked up what basically a council person can do Mm -hmm. essentially were there some like 
I guess, what were the main motivations for wanting to be in office and have a voice, I guess? Yeah, I guess at this point, there was just no representation of our generation Yeah, mm-hmm. at the local yeah. level or even at the state level still. So it was kind of like my way to say like, hey, we exist. <laughs> like, yeah. Beyond our avocado toast, we want to do other things yeah. too. Yeah. And we have opinions. Right, and <laughs> right. And so like what can somebody who has a young family do to like help other families in the area with similar you know, age bracket that we're in. That's a good point. Cause I feel like during election time, I had a lot of like door to door canvassers come to my door and like everyone was like my mom's age essentially, <laughs> which is like fine. They can probably do a fine job, but also, yeah, it'd be nice to have someone that represents you. Right. That's like more in touch with yeah. what we're dealing yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your biggest takeaway from your, from that experience? Like what did you learn about yourself from doing that? And do you want to kind of continued on that path or have you kind of or did you decide like no that's not for me yeah um I learned I can do more than I had anticipated it was a like overwhelming experience I can't even I can't lie <laughs> very emotional but um I made it I got through it and I survived I didn't die so that was nice <laughs> um and I'm more motivated to do more like right now I'm watching uh, bills on the capitol so if mm-hmm. there's something that I like that I want my local official to vote on I will call them and let them know. I write them emails. I tell people, hey, this bill's going uh, to committee. You might want to call your local senator about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you feel like you're listened to? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm working more a lot with my son's school mm-hmm. on a couple of things. And um, I got a lot of positive response from school officials and other parents, too. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I would think it's kind of extreme, but a really good way to learn like how it works Mm -hmm. and more about like how you can really be involved and gauge your voice heard. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people that aren't involved and how to get involved? Yeah. Go online (laughs) for, you know, Minnesota State Capitol and you can see what the committees are voting on or what they're discussing you know at the capitol you know there's like hot button issues or things like healthcare is always a big one yeah. mm-hmm. affordable housing is always a big one mm-hmm. climate transportation bills are always big ones that you can find a bill that you really like and follow it through the committees and then the house and the senate and you know you can all do this all on your couch you don't have to go anywhere yeah i like to go places so i will go to the capitol every once in a while and just see you know what they're doing and how that process works i'm actually going to take my son for spring break because we're not going to watch tv all week (laughs) so that he can see how rules become laws because he wants to know why some things are that's awesome certain ways so i also when you were like describing that do you guys, did you guys watch Schoolhouse Rock, the I'm Just a Bill? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like immediately what started playing in my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my first, like, I guess, knowledge of how a bill got to be law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's all good stuff. So that would be my first bit of advice is just go online, figure out what the Capitol's talking about. And then, you know, most city council meetings are online, too. So you can watch and see what your city's voting on and what your city's up to. Yeah, you don't even have to go to them. You can no, you watch don't. them online. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can watch them online. Yeah. Going back a little bit to teaching your son about the like what's going on in, in the political world and like issues in things that have come up just recently in the past few months, like how do you and Sam pick about what to talk to him about and how to talk to him about what's kind of going on in our political climate? 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on what gets brought up. He's young, which is nice. So the kindergartners are still pretty vanilla. Right. As far as, like, controversy is concerned, it's usually about, like, um, Pokemon and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Which I'm is sure. good. Right, right, right. You want it that way. But, like, there's issues that came through the high school. Uh, recently, I won't get into it, but it was a very bad imagery of these kids. And, um, you know, the school community kind of gave people talking points as to how to talk to their kids. So, like, if we ever had to have that conversation, you just kind of have to bite the bullet and have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like with this Momo challenge, it was just like, okay, how do I explain to a six-year-old that people hack videos to get kids to kill themselves? Yeah. Like, and you can't say that to a six-year-old. Right. You know, so they can't. They do, yeah. But yeah. what you can say is bad people are doing bad things to videos, and we don't know which videos they are. Mm-hmm. And then Sam busts in, do you know about Momo Challenge? <laughs> you know, so, you know, recently, like, we brought, um, it was Black History Month, and it, so we put a program together for the school, me and a group of other parents, and we want to push that district-wide. And so that was, like, back and forth with school officials, school district officials, and then parents. And so I'm joining the PTO to help chair that event for next year for Excelsior Elementary. And we got a lot of, we got positive response from the school. And they're able and willing to work with us, as I'm saying, like other parents uh, that wanted to bring this. But it was um, it was interesting because they talked about Martin Luther King and my son comes home one day and he's just like, mommy, I need to go to a school with all brown kids. I go, what? <laughs> now, mind you, his daycare was a little bit more ethnically diverse than the Minnetonka schools. And so I was like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> and he's like, well, I can't go to school with white kids. I was like, oh my God, why? <laughs> Who said this to you? Well, nobody said anything to me. He's like, I, um, it's just that like, he's like, the white people don't want me in the school. I was like, what white people? Oh like, my gosh. I'm like about to lose my mind. Right, so like breaks your heart. Right. So then he's like, well, they're the white people that didn't like Martin Luther King. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> context. Okay. <laughs> we are lacking context yeah. in this curriculum here okay so I just I mean we had to explain to him like what a um not all white people so we had that discussion Mm -hmm. and then we had another discussion about you know white allies and what that means and that there were good white people with Martin Luther King and you know showing him photos of the freedom fighters and all the different types of people that were there Mm -hmm. um to put context behind it that it's no longer like that so I mean it just depends on whatever he whatever issue comes up or whatever he's spewing at me or Sam about the school we just have to just you know put on our big big boy panties and (laughs) and tackle it yeah Yeah. oh my gosh yeah some difficult conversations I feel like that have to be had at such a young age yeah 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 yeah. so and our the teacher's pretty well communicative with us she's like super understanding and like willing and able to have conversations with us about these things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's good so, Krista, a question we ask all of our guests is, if you were the star of a reality show, what would it be called and why? Okay. I've given this a lot of thought. Ooh, <laughs> it's going to be good. I would call it Krista's Corner. <laughs> corner with a K? Corner with a K, yeah. <laughs> taking, it from, taking it back from the Kardashians. No. <laughs> because I would like... It would be like a playoff of Chris's Corner, Chris's Couch, Chris's Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would have like my cooking, everything that I'm cooking and my meal planning. Like mm-hmm. I, my, our grocery list is on an Excel spreadsheet. 
And I love that. <laughs> it started because I needed to meal plan because my schedule got so packed. It was like, I have to know what I'm cooking every night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or, you know, if it's not a Trader Joe's, throw in the microwave what I'm cooking and how long it's going to last the, the week. And so... I started with the meal plan and then from there I put everything onto a spreadsheet. And so Sam's job is like chemistry and math. So he's like, how are you getting to these equations? And I'm like, I'm not just putting the vegetables where they're supposed to go and the fruit (laughs) where it's supposed to go. So, you know, my reality show would walk, would, you know, I'd walk people through my, my grocery bill, my grocery list and how that, um, how that comes about. And then Krista's couch would be two things. It would be me talking, having you know, family conversations, tough conversations with Sam or tough conversations with our son. And then also what I'm watching on TV. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. And I hope I answered everything. And yes, yeah. I, I learned a lot. <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. It was awesome. Yeah. Yes. Is there anything you want to plug, let people know where to find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at KristaBarnes91. All right. Awesome. Check it out. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Floral Couch Conversations. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And feel free to check us out, floralcouchconversations.com. And if you have any questions or want to get a hold of us, Floral Couch Conversations on Instagram and Facebook, or send us an email at floralcouchconversations at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.